This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Welcome, everyone. It's Deanna Bartolini with the Not Lukewarm Podcast, and I am excited because today I get to do one of my favorite things, which is interview an author. Yay! Uh, Today, I'm going to be interviewing Melanie Rigney. So let me tell you a little bit about Melanie. She is the author of many books, including her most recent, which is Menopause Moments, a journal for nourishing your mind, body, and spirit in midlife. She's also written a number of books about saints, including Radical Saints, 21 Women for the 21st Century, and Sisterhood of Saints, Daily Guidance and Inspiration. She is a regular contributor to Living Faith, Catholic Mom, and Women in the New Evangelization. And Melanie lives in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you so much, Deanna. It's so fun to finally have a face and voice to put with the name because we have so many friends in common. I I, I feel like God really wanted us to get together. So I, I really appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with you. Yes. I, I always like when I get to the meet people that I see on social media, yeah. right? It's, yeah. it's really fun. And like you said, we do have a good number of friends in common. So that's also a good thing. Um, so let's talk about your first book first, because that's probably freshest in, in your mind. Um, menopause moments. Okay. What, what led you to decide to write about this? Well, it's kind of a funny story. Um, (laughs) publisher is, uh, someone I work with on other projects and I've, I've done some other books with, and they had, um, just a lovely journal that I would recommend to anybody who is pregnant or knows someone who's pregnant called Wonderfully Made. Um, so that worked out quite well for them and, and for their audience. So they came to me and asked if I'd be interested in writing something similar about women and menopause because um, my main my main ministry is to Catholic women over 40. And at first I kind of thought, wow, how, how do you possibly make menopause as joyful a time as pregnancy is? And then I, the more I thought about them, I thought they're, they're really quite, quite the same at different ends of the spectrum. Our bodies change in pregnancy and everybody thinks for the best, but sometimes for the worst. And sometimes it's hard to share some of those things. And, and, and menopause is, it's kind of the same way, just just as a woman might after about, what, week 16? It's like, oh, come on, please, would this kid just be born? Um, yes. And I think the same thing happens with menopause, that we just want to get through it. We just don't want to have any more hot flashes. It's embarrassing, the, the things that are happening to our body, Um looking in the mirror every day if, if you're graying. And so there are all these things that we just want to get through or we want to hide. And kind of that sells God's presence short in our lives. And so I said, sure, I'd be happy to do it. And it ended up, as typically happens, as you know, with writing, um, it ended up being a really great piece of formation for me too. And um letting go of some things and, and recognizing some things. So 
long answer. Sorry, but um, that's it. It's not too long an answer. And it's always interesting to me to listen to authors say that in the writing, the process was not simply a retelling of something, but really God taught us something in that process. You know, like you mentioned, you know, the letting go. Um, I also think it was interest, interesting that it came out of like, so sort of a, a, the pregnancy journal you were talking about, you know, with pregnancy, we know there's an end point. With, with menopause, um, we don't always know what the end point is. And, yeah. and you know, doctors will tell you, um, well, you know, this could go on for five minutes. It could be five years. I recall a particularly harrowing moment. I was talking to one of my mom's friends and she was talking about it. And she says, oh my gosh, it wasn't until I was 70. I had hot flashes. I thought, what? What? No, I did not sign up for this. <laughs> you know? Right, right. And everybody's end point is different. Yes. Like your mom's friend. I, I have a colleague at work who's, who's in the same situation. She's a bit older than me and it's been 10 years. Yeah. That's outside of typical, but that's, that's just it. There's, we are all unique just as we're all unique in God's eyes. Our bodies are unique in the way that they react to things too. Yeah. So I want to say a little bit about the journal itself. Um, first of all, I, I already told Melanie this and I'm just going to repeat it. I laughed a lot when I read through these. So glad. Laughing because you know what, this so speaks to the things we don't want to either acknowledge or speak about. It's like, how many times do I look in the mirror in the morning? I go, oh my gosh, why is my mom? Why is my mom here? Why, why is my mom here? What's she doing here? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and the irony there is my mother will say, because my mom is thankfully still alive. She'll say, I don't think you look like me at all. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay, mom. And other people will look at her and, and say, really? Do you not see it? So you do, you see, you see the people who've gone before you, right? Um, And you think, okay, they got through it. They survived. I'm going to do this too. Right. Um, But it's tough. And so the, the prayers here, the, the, the brief reflection that you write. So the way the, the book is formatted, why don't you want to, you want to talk about that a minute? Melanie, how the book is. Oh, going. sure. There are, there are 39 little reflections, some on bind, some on body, some on spirit. They're short. I don't believe there's one that's more than 175 words long. Um, intentionally. And there's a piece of scripture that seemed to go with that particular experience. And then there's um, an action item that will never cost you any money might cost you a little humility. Um, and then something something you could use as a prayer prompt or a journaling prompt because um, we know, and not, not just for writers like you and me, but journaling can, it can really be helpful um, to getting through situations that might be a little difficult. So, um, and there are 39. So you can pop around. They don't build on each other. It's kind of like a daily reflection, except you can pick the day that works for you. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I like, I like everything about it, right? It's, it's brief to the point. Uh, and, you know, writing briefly 
is more difficult than writing lots of words. It really is. Um, so I appreciate that as someone who likes to read, likes to write, and to yeah. listen to people. Um, the action, again, like Melanie said, doesn't cost you anything, but makes you think, makes you think. And then a brief prayer with lines uh, where you can reflect as well. Um, I want to... Um, this is this is I, this one is really funny. Okay, it's it's on page thirty eight and it's called that look, and I'm just I'm, there's not one of them that's not funny. I I just so and Melanie politely calls it the resting witch face. Um, you know that resting face that that you ha- how do you look right? Um, and you know people will tell you what I my favorite thing for people would say to me is, oh you look so tired. Like is, is this, as if that's helpful. <laughs> you look lousy. Do you feel lousy? Like, oh, yeah. okay, thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Yes. Why thank you? No. But so as uh, just, I'm not going to read the whole reflection, but you know, it's that whole idea of, um, you know, should you smile more? Do you look upset? How, how does everybody perceiving your face basically? Right. And so then, she, Melanie writes, this is your dispensation to arrange your face however you like. Um, and then the action is really to be in the moment as much as possible, whatever it is you're doing. And look at your expression now again during this time and realize that like, it's where you are in the moment. Yeah. You know? And then the reflection, which again, spot on, take a step. I'll think today about a step I can take toward not judging people based on their facial expression. What a beautiful idea. Imagine not judging people, first of all. I always love that we shouldn't judge people, right? I think that's super important. Um, You know, like talk to people. Don't make assumptions. Don't make judgments. You know, and so the book is filled with those sorts of really practical. And if anyone has been listening to me for more than once, you know that that is my thing. Um, I am not about high theological treatise that have nothing to do with real life. <laughs> it's about real right. life practical. So that's what I love about this. Um, and I also love about it that there's not a lot of medical advice. There's not a lot of tips right? How, why did, did you deliberately choose to stay away from that? Well, yeah, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a girl from South Dakota with bachelor's degrees in English, French, and political science. Um, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. Um, I'm pretty good at math, but science was never my strong suit. And I'll, I'll tell you a, a confidence thing with that. So I, I tried to go with Deanna, you'll, you'll see, like, it's like, Seriously, if you feel a lump in your breast that wasn't there last time, you should go and talk to your doctor. I'm not going to say ignore it, and I'm not going to say freak out over it, because I don't know. But um, this is kind of a a little God moment. So I live in the D.C. area, and George Washington University has an awesome um, center that's kind of an intersection of spirituality and health. And... I'd run across the director of it just on side on something I was doing. She gave us um, one of her books for a door prize. And I spent a good three days thinking, 
oh my gosh, this book is so unscientific. I really wish that Dr. Polchaski would would write a blurb, but I'm so scared to write. I ask her, and because, you know, what if it's a fraud? What, I mean, I'm not trying to give medical advice, but what if she thinks I'm giving medical advice? And then she, you know, doxes me all over. And I prayed and I finally reached out to her and um, she actually liked it. <laughs> she liked it. She really liked it. Um, she, she gave me an endorsement and then she sent me an email separately and said, no, I, I think this is good because the medical advice is really, really important. People need to get that from their doctors. But again, we all need to talk about this more because going through any change of life is not embarrassing and it's not shameful, but more women are going to die if we don't talk about it, you know? So and then of course it turned out she lives two blocks from me and I've lived here 17 years, (laughs) you know, that's funny. That's that's funny. But, and I, what I appreciate too is the fact that it's not meant to be a substitute for anything. It's meant to say, this is where God has me at this moment in this time, in this place. And this is how I have to progress. You can't stop it. You, I mean, you could try to stop it. I I suppose. Um, I have no idea how one would go about doing that, but (laughs) I'm sure you could, but that's not really, that's not God's plan. God's plan is for us to keep going forward. And, And so this is part of going forward even though at times it seems like you're not going forward. You know, you go two steps forward, one step back. It's, it's not a, it's not a straight trajectory, um, right. which can be frustrating, but th- your book really aims to look at all the frustrating moments and lighten up a little bit. Um, and recognize that there are some that are joyful too. Yes. Yes. You know, this, this is a great time. You know, the kids, are either involved in evening activities or they're in college and and you've done some really good work there. Maybe this is a good time to explore a new avenue of spirituality, join a new prayer group, for example. Maybe it's time to get involved in a new ministry because, you know, you've been involved in the PTO or you, you know, you've been involved in, in a children's ministry at the parish shouldn't continue those things maybe you should but it's a great time to kind of stop and think about okay well what does god want me to do now right right you know take stock of of where you where you are where you've been and what what wisdom you have to offer people i think we we forget um maybe it's because gray hair is associated with wisdom and so many of us uh choose to dye their hair so we don't look like we have wisdom i don't know um but that that wisdom a lot of wisdom only comes through age and experience. Like, it doesn't Absolutely. mean that, that 25 year olds don't know things they do, but 55 year olds. Yeah. We have more wisdom because we've lived more life. Right. Um, and so is it that time like to pass that on to some other people, like in, in a ministry and, and different things? I think that's a really good point. Um, and I think to women ministering to, to women can be so helpful and so freeing because you don't have to wonder if half of the room's going to understand what you're talking about. Right. right. Yep. <laughs> that makes it, yep. that makes it fun too. It makes it a little bit easier, which brings us to the next thing. So you write a lot about saints. I, I love the saints and the title of, you know, radical saints. So again, that would be a word I would use 
I would love people to say, oh, Diana's radical in a good way, right? <laughs> right, right. So who's, who's your favorite saint? Who's your favorite female saint? Oh, you know, that's, that's like asking somebody who their favorite child is. I would say there are different <laughs> saints I go to for different things. Kind of okay. like, you know, we go to our friend, different friends for different things. Um, I'll tell you, first of all, one in Radical Saints who spoke to me that I struggled with, um, but I've, I've learned a great deal from her, uh, Maria de Mar- Maravillas de Jesus. And she was a Carmelite, in uh, Spanish Carmelite. And this is a woman who had a one-track mind and a one-track vocation and a one-track love to Jesus. Um, she became her. She she became a Carmelite. I think she was twenty-eight and. Um, Spanish Civil War started and they had to relocate and they had to relocate again. Um, Eventually they ended up back near Madrid after the Spanish Civil War and she became the head of her community. And she really, it's, she was a true devotee of uh, Teresa of Avila down to the fact that she actually found, she researched herself the sandals and the stockings Avila would have worn. Wow. And she, um, as we probably all know, Teresa of Avila is probably best known for her prayer life and her writings on prayer and some of her humor. Um, But she also undertook a serious reform of Carmel's. Yes. Because she knew what things were like when she had started out and, you know, patrons in the, in the parlor and, and that really wasn't what, what the, the concept was founded on. So um, Maria Marvias um, reformed her original convent. She was also called to do some work at Teresa of Avila's convent. And um, when people said she was too strict or too serious or, or too austere, she's like, yeah, you know what? Well, you can leave if you want. And, you know, this... If, even if even if this convent falls apart, the Carmelites will go on. Um, so and so, let's just keep going. She um, at the end of Vatican II, there were um, religious communities were encouraged to work as a greater unit to to look at their their rules and their and their practices, and then turn it into the Holy See. And, and Maria was like. Not so fast, because every Carmel is separate. We don't have a reporting up structure the way that, say, the Benedictines do. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, that takes us from our roots. And ultimately, she prevailed, again, because she's she was very persuasive and very um, directed. And, and when I first started researching her, I was like, man, I would not want to live next door to that woman because she's so intense. And then I thought, but maybe God wants us to live that intensely. I mean, she she knew what her mission on her God given mission on Earth was, and I, I think that's something we can all learn from, right? She was never rude to the people who were in her her community. She wasn't rude to the the officials in Rome, but she spoke up for what she believed God wanted. Um, 
So I, I find her interesting. I guess the one my main go-to though would be Faustina, which would probably please my Polish great-grandparents to no end. Um, but the same way, um, Faustina had a one-track mind. Yes, yes. And she didn't know when she died, whether it was going to work or not. All she knew was that she had done what God asked. And I think about, you know, when she was at that dance, when she was at, she was a housekeeper, you know, and, and she ended up, Jesus said to her, you know, this is, she's like, okay, well, they went, she went and prayed for a little bit during this dance and said, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to get on a train and go to Warsaw and become a nun. And she, unlike me, she didn't stop and process it with her family or 20 friends. She went to where she was living. She got the money and she got on the train and went to Warsaw that night, that, the next day. I mean, that's, that's crazy surrender. But I think it's what we're all called to do, right? Yes, yes. And, and not, not to the same all surrender looks different depending on who you are, right? Yes. But it is that radical surrender. And that yeah. really is the whole point of like this podcast. It's not lukewarm. It's not like be so-so. It's like, do it, right. do it. 110 yes. jump in. You know, when you talk about Teresa of Avila, when you were talking about um, Maria, what was her second name? I, I Maria de Maravillas, it means Maravillas, it means wonders, wonders okay. of Jesus. So these these women, they have this call from God and they follow it. And, you know, when you talk about Teresa of Avila, I mean, she got into a lot of trouble because she was a woman who was following God's call. But look at the work that she did that she was able to accomplish. Yeah. The same thing with, with Faustina. Where would we be without her message of divine mercy? Yes. I mean, you know, think about how that has impacted the church. This this woman from this small town in Poland, you know, yeah. who's now impacted the entire church. Who was, you know, functionally illiterate. I mean, she could read and write, but she really didn't. I think she had a sixth grade education and she didn't care. Yeah. And look you know, I mean, she up. had she had her dark nights like we all do, but she kept going because that was what Jesus wanted her to do. Wow. What a concept. And, and, and it's that, it's that surrender. And I think that, so really that's sort of the thread um, probably through your books in general, but certainly through the menopause, the journal it's, we have to surrender to it because when we fight, we lose. Every time. <laughs> we just, we lose because yeah. we're fighting against God. <laughs> like, why? Why? Well, we could talk for hours about why we fight. Against God. <laughs> it's, like, it's our human nature. It's, it's our you know, tendency towards sin. There's a whole bunch of reasons why. Um, but like these, these saints that you you're mentioning, they, they probably fought with God at some point. Maybe nobody recorded. Oh, yeah. it, right? um, but that boldness than in following his call. And that's, yeah. I think too, that as you age, I think you become freer in that boldness because you realize that even if people are looking at you and judging you, you're sort of like, yeah, I don't really care. This is, this yeah. is between God and me and not you and, and the rest of the world, right? Right. Maybe maybe that's what separates the the saints 
because they really yeah. have that single mindedness that you mentioned, right? Well, and some people are so blessed so early. And I mean, different gifts, different journeys, right? But uh, Yacinta Mardo is in Radical Saints. And, and as I'm sure everybody knows, she's, you know, she and Francisco were the youngest people ever canonized who weren't martyrs in the traditional sense. But can you imagine being her age, having just lived through about with Spanish influenza that was not pleasant, or excuse me, I guess, whatever the influenza was at that point. I mean, her brother has been claimed, other people in her community. And Mary says, we'd like, you know, if you suffer, it will save more people whose, whose souls are in purgatory. Can you do that? You know, Mary and Jesus never said, sorry, Asinta, but you were going to suffer a long time because we think it's fun. But it was like, it'll, this will save some souls. And for this, this little girl who was in the public limelight far longer than, more than she probably ever wanted or expected, you know, went through two painful surgeries, died alone in a hospital at like, 10 11 years old to have that type of a that type of spiritual indifference and that type of faith you know I, I think that's it we but on the other hand we need never despair I mean we know that Teresa of Avila didn't even really have a prayer life until after she was 40 and look how that ended up so yes. you know God is able to make of us he he always desires to help us it's just if we're going to accept it yeah it is it, it's he does leave it up to us. He offers, he offers, he offers. Um, and for some of us, it's when we're 10. And for some of us, it's when we're 40. For some people, it's when they're 80. You know, it's, right. it's not about, um, it's not so much about when, it's more about eventually do we get to where we're with God, right? Yeah. Um, and, and we can't, and so often I think we, we judge ourselves, am I doing it? Am I doing it right? That's like a really big question, right? Like, am I doing it right? Um, And I think as, again, as, as you get a little bit more wisdom, you realize there's no one right way to do most things. Um, There really isn't, you know, Uh, except maybe set the table. Maybe there's a right, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. but there's lots of different ways to do many things. And so finding God is the same. You know, the, the most important thing is that we find him and because he's waiting for us. Uh, and I think that just reading through, again, going back to, to, to the Menopause Moments book, reading through that. So I love the subtitle, right? It's a journal for nourishing your mind, body, and spirit in midlife. Because we're all one thing. We're not separate parts. That was a heresy, right? Um, Back in the day, very long time ago, um, that we're separate and we're not, you know, God did not make us to be separate. He made us to be unified. Um, Right. And, and I think by nourishing our mind, body, and spirit, we're going to be able to focus more on what God is looking for in terms of how he wants us to live, you know? Well, and you know, we can't serve 
unless we nourish ourselves and unless we accept his nourishment. Um, I was gone from the church for a long, long time. And when I came back, the parable I had the most trouble with was the parable of the virgins because it just did not make sense to me. It's like, why didn't they share that oil? Why couldn't they just shine their lamp and then everybody could follow? Um, It was really kind of life-changing for me to finally understand it and just that you can give too much. You can give so much that you are depleted. And the Lord doesn't want that. You know, every harmony, balance, you know, if you ignore your body, that's kind of not what God wants either. You know, certainly not your soul, certainly not your, you know, just it's, it's in harmony. You should, you know, that's how we best serve. That's how we feel most fortified. Right. When everything is working together um, and when we're nourishing all parts of ourselves and not denying things that are going on, whether they be in our body, mind, or soul, you know, I think that's really important. So just a couple of little things about the book. So it is published by 23rd Publications. um, And where is it available besides on the publisher's website? Um, You should be able to order it at your favorite Catholic bookstore, Bricks and Mortar. You can also get it at your favorite online store. Um, You know, it's, you can order it anywhere. All right. I'll be sure to drop a link to that. And um, your other books also are all available, same places, right? Um, Right. Um, I I tend to have kind of a a bifurcated writing life. (laughs) Um, I generally work with 23rd on women's issues. I also have a a book on um, woman of worth that shameless plug is, is good for prayer groups, I think. Um, and then my books about saints are through Franciscan media. So, okay. um, yeah, webs publisher website, your favorite online bookstore. Okay. Um, I'm a, a big one, nothing against the big online bookstores, but I'm a big one for please support your local independent and especially your local Catholic store yes. because, um, last 16 or 17 months. I mean, they were having a hard time even before that just because it's a hard business. So anything you can do to support them, I think is good. And thanks for reminding me of that because where, where I live, um, we don't have any Catholic bookstores. Um, and so I forget about them. So I almost always have to go to a big box place, um, to order my books online. So it's good to be reminded that the local is always best. Um, yeah. It really yep. is because then we're supporting the people who um, are really trying to do God's work, you know, really trying to build, build community and, and, and all of that. So it's important. So yeah. I will have, of course, always drop a link into all of those titles. Um, a couple of them I have had on my bookshelf on and off through the years. And I think you should also give Melanie a follow on social media. She has a lot of fun stuff and things that make you think as well. Um, The last thing we're going to leave you with is our not lukewarm challenge. And Melanie came up with a great one and I'm going to let her start it off. uh, And then if I need to fill in, I I will, but I I think she can handle it. (laughs) Okay. So um, my challenge for not feeling showing that you're not lukewarm is um, it actually comes from Exodus 3.12. And in Exodus 3, 
God has told Moses that he's going to lead the people to the promised land. And Moses is kind of like, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm just me, right? I mean, we know by this point he's got a speech impediment. We know he's wanted for murder if he goes back to Egypt. Um, he's there. a middle child. <laughs> he's, you know, what does he know about leading people, right? And God says five words to him. God says, I will be with you. So my lukewarm challenge this week is to do that one thing that you are rationalizing about, that you shouldn't do it because it's going to take too much effort. You're afraid to do it. People might not like you if you do it. Um, Maybe you'll have to summon up a little humility to do it but that you know is on your soul and you know that God has been calling you to do. So my, my challenge to you is to do just that one thing. And as you do it, remember to have the faith that as God, God says, I will be with you. I love that. I love that because how better to learn to be not lukewarm, to really be bold in our faith than by remembering that God is right there with us. Um, I think that would serve us well, always um, uh, to remember as God told Moses, I will be with you that he is with us as well. So I think that's a great reminder, Melanie. I have so enjoyed this conversation. Um, if I ever get up to, to, to Virginia, I, I would love to have, for us to have a cup of coffee together. Um, so we'll see if that ever happens. If oh, by dinner. Leave. So come. <laughs> if I ever leave my bubble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> slowly but surely right yes yes slowly, slowly but, but surely. surely all right thank you and thank you everyone for listening and i will be back again next week with some more fun and exciting ways to live at our catholic faith and again melanie thank you so much thanks god bless Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or tell a friend or leave a review. You can find all show notes and links on notlukewarmpodcast.com. That's also where you can find links to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have a topic that you'd like to learn more about or want to tell me how the Not Lukewarm Challenge went this week, please send me an email at Bartolini at mediaangels.com.